Good morning. Good morning. Die Klang ist da. Good morning, Chess. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. It is more than a song. Friends, family, it's more than a song. This morning I want to share on praise and worship. The weapons of our warfare. Praise and worship, the weapons of our warfare. Now, how did I come to this topic while I prayed and waited on the Lord? God reminded me 10 years back, I was working on a ship as a missionary and a seafarer. And we, we were traveling with the ship. We sailed with the ship in the Arabian Gulf next to Somalia. Now, in the Arabian Gulf, we have Somalian pirates. Okay. Niet alle pirate gezien. Als een Johannes het een pirate gezien. Okay. So there's Somalian pirates and what they do is they hijack the ships. They hold people hostage. Sometimes they even kill people. Now we are on the ship and we need to protect this missionary ship. We don't have guns. We don't have weapons. We have one thing. It's called the L-Red. Okay, so I have one L-Red is a long-range acoustic device. It's a big speaker. Groter as hierdie. And it, it is a sound cannon. So when the enemy approaches, Osmos, gestane damri, verkekers, so bieke angstig, wat as die pirates kom? But we were trained, when they come, you point the LRA towards the enemy, and it releases sound waves, so loud it bursts their ears, so loud it confuses them, and they move back. Praise and worship. When we praise and worship God, what happens? When we praise and worship God, we are wielding a very dangerous weapon in the spiritual realm that pushes back the enemy. We are not here just to sing beautiful words to be stimulated, to feel good. Oh, the, the worship was so lacquer, but your heart is not there. We call this a worship service. But when we praise, when we open our mouths, when we sing, when we testify, when we, when we worship, we are part of spiritual warfare. It is active spiritual warfare. Amen. Ek hou van praat, maar jylle kan ook praat. You can join the choir this morning. Die wat die kan sing nie, ons leer om te sing. Amen. So, this morning, I want to talk first of all, what is praise, and then we will look at what is worship, because it's two different things. Now, this morning, the Psalm 105 is 1 to 2. Okay, as prachtig my skrift is al. Psalm 105 is 1 to 2. It says, Oh, give thanks. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. Sing to Him. Sing praises to Him. Speak of all His wonderful acts and devoutly praise Him. That is what praise is. Ek hou ook van prakties, man. So we're going, we, we going to exercise the second part of, of, of this verse. It says, call upon his name. Wie van hier so het, het tong? 
Okay, Koi, that's awesome. Okay, let us stand. We're going to praise God right now. I'm going to count to three and we're going to call upon his name. He's got a name, his name is Jesus. Okay? And I want to hear this morning. Jesus! Can we call? One, two, three. Jesus! Let us go on. Jesus! 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 When you call someone, they respond. He is in this place this morning. Thank you, you can be seated. As you vandag in your car klim, skree Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, you think you are funny, because you talk with yourself, but it makes you a matter, because the king reis on. The king reis on. So, what does the word praise mean? It is the word halal. It's not the Islamic halal. It is halal. The Hebrew word, it comes from, have you heard the word hallelujah? It's a combination of two words, halal, praise, Yah coming from Jehovah, Jehovah, Yahweh, praise Jesus. Now what, what does it mean to praise God? What does it mean? It is to acknowledge His character first of all. He is worthy. He is the bread of life. He is the living water. He is the light of the world. We acknowledge His character and secondly, it is we acknowledge his works. And we shall live at God in the work. Acknowledge his works. That is to praise him. So what we do, we open our mouths and we declare who he is and what he does. We honor him. We praise him. We honor him. We praise him. But what happens when we praise him? What happens in the spiritual realm? Psalm 22 verse 3 says, but you are holy. You are enthroned in the praises of Israel. Abel was Abel. Okay, can someone just bring me a chair? Okay, there's a chair. So what happens when we praise God? It says, but you are wholly enthroned in the praises of Israel. Another translation says, he inhabits the praises of his people. Okay, what does inhabit means? He moves, he moves into your space. And when God is enthroned on the, on the praises of his people, do you know what God's chair is? It is a throne. When, when we praise Him, He is seated. He is enthroned in the praises of His people. It also talks about He dwells. He sits there. It talks about kings sitting on, on a chair, ruling in authority, ruling, judging the, the, the enemies. What does this mean for us when we praise God? Yashab. 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 I can't like a Greek word. But it means, it's also talking about in front. It means that he occupies in authority. When we praise God, he occupies in authority. Now, as I did see, when we see occupying authority, I see the police coming and arresting the enemy. When we praise God, he will seat himself in the middle of your life, in the middle of your circumstances. He will seat himself 
and you will judge the enemy surrounding you. We were singing, God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness. That is praise. When you praise God, it is like switching on a light. When you switch on the light, the darkness must flee. When God is coming into your situations, the darkness cannot be where the light is. That is, that is why many times we, we see an outreaches as well. When we start worshiping God, there's manifestations. Because the enemy doesn't want to be there. When we praise him, Psalm 68 verse 1 it's not on the board, but Psalm 68 verse, verse 1 says, Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Let God arise, but let his enemies be scattered. Praise and worship, cast out the darkness. The enemy has to flee. Darkness cannot be where the light is, where God is. It's more than just a song. Now I want to give you some examples of how praise is a weapon. 2 Chronicles 20 verse 22. Yes. Now when they began to drink coffee. Eat the cookie, near. Now when they began to sing and to praise. The Lord said ambushes. What is ambush? It's a surprise attack. He said ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. This story, you can go read this, it for yourself. There is homework to, in 2 Chronicles. It's talking about the inhabitants of Judah was surrounded by the enemy, a big, a big army, and it felt like, Lord, we don't know what to do. And King Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, he says, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Praise, magnify him. We don't know what to do, but our eyes is on you. So he called for a fast. He called for a fast, the whole of Judah, to seek the Lord because they are facing the enemy. And through a prophet, God revealed to them, but the battle belongs to him. The battle belongs to him. When you praise, the battle belongs to Jesus. We want to fight the battle. Focus on me. Start praising me for who I am. And I will fight for you. So, Josephette, he got a very good idea. Because they had to go face the army. We have to face stuff in life. We pray for fears to go away, but many times God say, face it with praise. Face it with worship. So here goes King Jehoshaphat. And he appoints a group in the front of the army. Not the best soldiers, not the charioteers, not the swordsmen. He conquered with a choir. He put in front, he put singers, those who can worship God and praise God. And that is when they faced the enemy, go read it, they started praising God. And the moment they praise, sing and praise, the Lord set ambush against their enemies. Do we understand what we're doing here before a service? When we're praising and when we're worshiping. When you, when you walk in, into, into a shop and you start praising God. You start worshiping on Lord. He's changing. His manifest presence comes down. He changes 
the atmosphere. Now, Joseph had other, other examples. You can go read it for yourself. Remember the story of Paul and Silas. Now, Paulus and Silas was on ketans. They chained Paul and Silas. They whooped them, beating them with rods. And he said, Paulus and Silas, in a lesson, they praise God. They could have complained, complained, but they understood that when I praise God, He inhabits. They started praising God in the chains, singing hymns, praising. You can go read in, in Acts 16, verse 25 to 26. And it says, after they praise and worship, the other prisoners was listening. And the word says, they came an earthquake, and all their chains were loosened. Everyone's chains, it says. When we start praising God, it is in the spiritual, there's bondages that falls from us. It breaks things from us. And then there's the story of Jericho, Jericho, Joshua 6 verse 20. Who knows what happened at the end? Outer canon to Falimirum. No. They were circling. God said, put seven priests in front, blowing the trumpets. And on the last day, when you hear the trumpet sound, you shout. Open your mouth. They shout and the walls fall down. We were singing this this morning, and the walls fall down. And then there's a scripture I love, Isaiah 61 verse 3. We mentioned this in liberating in many places. For a spirit of heaviness, put on, put on the garments of praise. Many times when, when we just feel the spirit of heaviness come, we feel depressed. Our emotions is all over the place. Go to YouTube, go to Google, get your music right, your weapon of praise, and you will feel, you feel better. Something lives. The spirit of heaviness lives. In Jesus' name. Now the secret of praise is it's a sacrifice. We must praise when we feel like it or not. Ons wacht, nie as ek by die kerk is en ek is opgehyped, then I will praise. What of the rest of the, this week? There's warfare, friends. Praise God when you feel like it or not. For Hebrews 13, verse 15 says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. You can't wait for motivation. You must be disciplined. To fight in a war, you need to take up the weapon and fight. We know many of these things, but we are not fighting. It is time to be an army and to start fighting. Jacob's good, yes, but are you fighting? That's my, that's my question this morning. Are you praising God like you sing this morning? Are you praising God in the middle of the storm or are you complaining? This is a hard word this morning. Why is it so important to take part in this warfare? Because Satan is after your worship. Satan wants to steal your song. Many came in here, but you don't have the joy that you had before for God. Because Satan came with circumstances, everything. He stole your song. You are not worshiping, you are not praising him. Where's the song of joys for the king? 
He wants to destroy your worship. He wants to steal your worship. He wants to steal your love for God. Because we were singing about the heart. It's after the love you have for God. Don't tell me you have love for God. Show me. Show me how you praise me. Show me. Show. There's a scripture in James 4 verse 7. It says, submit to the Lord. Resist the devil. And then he shall flee from you. But it first says, submit to the Lord. Submit to one single person that you worship. Not submitting to other stuff. Then you can resist. Then you can start resisting him with praise and worship. And then the enemy will flee. So our focus needs to, to be right. So the enemy is after our worship. Now, John 10 verse 10. It's one of the first scriptures I, I've learned of by heart. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life. And that they may have it more abundantly. Satan is a thief. comes to break in and steal worship. If you know they will come and break into your house tomorrow, what are you going to do? You're going to be prepared for an attack. You're going to be prepared. I know that the Owens will a baseball bat But what about our worship that is under attack? Are we prepared to stand against the attack of the enemy? But we don't do this with physical weapons. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not from the flesh. It's not from this nature, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. When we start praising God and worship, strongholds fall. The scripture talks about in the Bible we think it was the idol of Dagon that they put in front of the Ark of the Covenant. And when they came back, it fell on his face. It, it fell on his face. So idols, I don't know why I shared that, but okay, beautiful. You need to understand, I don't want to talk about Satan, but you need to understand who your enemy is. Satan he was the archangel of worship. You can go do studies, go to Google. He was the archangel of worship. He was over heaven's worship. He knows a great deal about worship. Kijk maar naar die muziek wat die daar aangaan. Kijk die muziek. Iemand zat in die kar, hulle ruk hoor, die muziek. Ek doe net wat, nie hoor He was the archangel of worship. He knows a big deal uh, about your worship. And so, Satan knows that your worship is a weapon. Do you know it? Do you know that your worship is a weapon? So what is worship? Revelation 15 verse 4. Who shall not fear you, O Lord? And glorify your name, for you alone are holy. For all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. Now that, that scripture that says worship before you, that worship comes from the Greek word proskuneo. It's the word for worship. Proskuneo means to kiss. Ek weet vallen in teen is volgende week. To kiss, that's, that's what it means. It means to kiss the hand of a superior. It shows me to kiss, it means there's a closeness. Wow. This changed my look on worship. It is associated with bowing down, lying prostrate on the ground, kissing the ground in front of someone. That is what is worship. 
to kiss the ground. It showed profound reverence and submission to someone. In Revelation 4 verse 10, it says that, that the elders, they bow before the throne. They take their crowns and they throw it to Jesus. I can't even prostrate me, because I'm up. Show profound reverence and worship shows what you value. Worship shows what you value. Let that sink in. Worship is expressing your love to God, showing affection. And then worship is intimacy. Intimacy when you draw closer to God. In James it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. How does he draw near to you? In his fullness. In his fullness. The enemy hates intimacy. He will do whatever he can to destroy your intimacy with God. Because that is where your strength lies. In your intimacy with God. Okay? And your intimate with God. So how does he want to destroy this? Distraction. Take your focus from God's worship and put it on something else. Worship something else. You lose your strength as a believer. He wants you to be so discouraged and defeated in the area of worship. God is looking for true worshipers. Amen. Ware aanbidders. Ek is vir baie papier hier volgend voel so skool. He's looking for true worshipers. If you're worshiping something else as well, your worship is divided. Jacob, come here now, please. Hold the other side of the paper fast. Just hold the for me. This is what happens. Pull. Pull. That is what is happening when we don't worship God alone. Division. And a house that, thank you, a house that is divided against itself cannot stand. When you are divided, when your worship is divided, you will not be able to stand. This is a very hard, hard word. I, f I fell on my face when I, when I read this. To understand the, that God is looking for true worshipers. If you're worshiping something else, it is not true worship. It is false worship. Let us read this beautiful scripture. John 4 verse 23. John 4 verse 23. Yeah. But a time is coming. And when is it? And it is already here. This, this, this is so. It's already here. When God says it's already here, it's already here. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit, from the heart, the inner self, and in truth. For the Father seek such people to be his worshipers. Father is looking for his worshipers. They worship from the heart and in truth. And did you know that we can come on a Sunday year? And give God lip service. But your heart is turned away. Your heart is so focused on my fears. Your heart is so focused on, on what needs to happen at home. Your worship is then divided. Let us take it for what it is. This morning. 
Matthew 15 verse 8 says, These people honor me with their lips, Jesus' words, but their hearts are far from me. God does not want your worship to be divided. He wants wholehearted worship. Yelart is your wholehearted attention. I want your attention, your full attention. <laughs> Satan tempted Jesus in the desert, in the arena of worship. You will be tempted as well. In the arena of worship. Let us read the scripture today. Matthew 4, verse 9 to 10. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. The kingdoms of the world and their glory. That is what God showed him. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will just fall down and worship me. I'll give you these things. These kingdoms and the glory if you will just fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. He showed him kingdoms. In our case, the things of the world. Ek kan my nog hy goed doen. Wat God die like. Johannes talked uh, a few Sundays back about the fear of God. God does not like it. Then Jesus said to him, away with you Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Nou, ek, ek maak tuin. Dankie vir Karel wat hierdie stokkie vir my gegeet het en gebles het, wat ek net die bedankings doen. What is worship? True worship is when you put a stake in the ground that proclaims my allegiance lies with God alone. I will serve no other. It proclaims it's a stake in the ground. I will worship no other. That, that is what Jesus did. And when you read after that scripture, and then the enemy left. Satan, kijk hier so. Ek worship Jesus alleen. That is a weapon. I will bow to no other. To worship him in truth. John 16 verse 13 says, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. Who is the spirit of truth? Holy Spirit. You need to spend time with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that reveals truth to us. When he reveals truth, it, we respond in worship. How does Satan tempt us to worship him in other things? Through American idols. Niels praat hier van American Idols. We talk about idols. Afgoorde. Afgoorde is wanneer my focus af van God af is. Afgoorde. My, my focus is changing. What is an idol? The worship of someone and something other than God as though it is God. You worship what you fear. If you fear you're going to get sick, if you fear this, you fear this, you fear this, you will start ending up to serve God. When you fear God, He will start serving you. The fear of God. So God, and then I want to ask you the question this morning, you, you looked at the, the throne this morning, who is on the throne of your worship? Who is sitting on the throne of your affection? 
The Holy Spirit is showing you things in your heart right now. Why? Jack, why is such an intense topic? Ek sê, Jere, hier is my moeilike woord nie. He says, because I'm a jealous God. He is jealous for your worship. He is jealous for your affection. He is jealous. There's no need to see world's jealousy make you nasty. He is jealous because he is a lover. He is a lover. Exodus 20 verse 4 to 5. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, all that is in the earth beneath, all that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations, those who hate me. Here God says, he is a jealous God. Jacob's Old Testament, they haven't changed. It haven't changed. He is a jealous God. And how can I explain this, the jealousy of God to you? For example, a relationship, a husband and a wife. The husband will not share his wife with another person. God will not allow his people to engage in spiritual adultery. He will not allow them to, to, to have idols. And there's many, many modern idols today, money, work, success, recreation. Even your calling can be an idol. We can go on, the idols, your fears, your, all, all, these, all these anxieties. And when, when we fear, it means I don't trust you, God. I trust in this fear. It's an idol. And this is hitting deep, deep this morning. Why? Because God is a jealous lover. So anything that comes before God in your life and distracts you, your devotion from God is an idol. I'm not talking about having family and children. That which comes before God and it distracts your devotion from God is your idol. That's your awful. Whatever captured your heart's devotion becomes your God. God will not share his worship. God will not share his worship. And if we know we are holding on to things that is wrong, that is stealing our time and all these, all these things, when we hold on to our idols, it provokes God to jealousy. Because he wants you back. He is in love with you. He wants you back. I will do whatever I can to get you back. You can go read in the end of Joshua, it says in Joshua 24, verse 15, make a note. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day when you want to, who you want to serve. Joshua talking to the people, he says, where did the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Ammonites in whose land you dwell? But as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Joshua made up his mind who he is going to serve. We need to make up our mind, family. The world is becoming more dark. You need to make up your mind who you are going to serve. Wholeheartedly. Revelation 2 verse 2, it says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot be those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, have found them liars, and you have preserved, persevered, and have patience, and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. You did all these good things. Jesus saying in Revelation, nevertheless, I have this one thing against you, that you have left your first love. The heart of worship. You have left your first love. We are going to come back to the heart of worship. 
Yes, because it's a tough one to work. Because your idols become your slave masters. You work a slave. Your idols becomes your slave masters. You know, your idol will end up failing you. Your idol cannot provide for you. Your idol, when you make a mistake, cannot forgive you. Your idol does not love you back. When you hold on and you build your life on these idols, what happens? It sucks you dry and end up destroying your life. Wanneer ons onder God is, dus is onder ons ombreel dit reen. Jy is droog. But when you walk out underneath the umbrella, we are looking for trouble. It's a hard word. Why Jesus? Because he is jealous. You know, you become what you worship. You become what you worship. If you worship that fear, you will become fearful. When you worship money, you don't become money. You become more greedy. It ends up being enslaving you. When you follow God, when you worship Him, become more and more like Jesus. That the world sees, wow, I see that man, see that woman, they look like Jesus. Psalm 115 verse 8, it says that their idols, it's talking about the futility of idols, their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. They have, but they do not, okay, they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. Noses they have, but they do not smell. They have hands, but do not handle feet. They have, they cannot walk. And in the end of that psalm, it says, verse 8, those who make them are like them. Who do you want to serve? That's the question this morning is, who do you want to serve? And God the Father is so beautiful. He's so full of love. He's so full of compassion that he's calling you back this morning. He's calling you back this morning. I want to weep this morning. Jesus is waiting for your worship. But you need to leave the idols behind. And it reminds me why I'm going to end. Luke 15, verse 20 to 21, there was, a, there was a man, the prodigal son. We have heard the story. You follow us here, prodigal son. He went to his dad and said, Dad, I want my inheritance. Okay, I'll give you your inheritance. But what happened? He went out, he squanders it, he lives a reckless life of self-indulgence. You know, you can worship yourself. He worshipped himself. He did just what he wanted to do. Jack, I will do what I want to do. Good luck. He ended up where? In a pig stay. Feeding the pigs. But he realized that he still got a father. This morning you need to realize that you still got a father that is so jealous of you. He's so in love for you. He's got the best for you. Why do you hold on to these things? When you know, we've preached this many, many times, the plan he has for you is to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. But you hold on to these things because of fear, because you think that is the best. And it leads, in the end, it leads to a big stay. Ik wil toch geen varkel ook. Alleen niet. Ik zal die varkel opeten. 
Luke 15, verse 20 to 21, it says, And he, he arose and he came to, the fa to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. Jeroen verstoot jullie vandaag, he's got compassion for you to come back. And he ran and fell on his neck and he kissed him. Proskeneer. Jesus wants closeness. <laughs> he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. God never puts someone away that comes back. And they had a party. We sang the song when the music fades. I love this lyrics. It's one of the songs I've learned when I was younger. Listen to those words. It says, when the music fades and all is stripped away. Alles. I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth. That will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song. And a song in itself. It's not what you have required. You search much deeper within. Through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it is all about you, Jesus. It is all about you. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made. When it is about you, and it is all about you. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made. I repented last night. That other song, I'm sorry, Lord, for just going through the motion. But the beautiful thing today is the word repentance. And it means to turn back. But it also means your idols is this side, Jesus is this side. You turn your back on your idols. You fall in the arms of Jesus. He's here this morning. some practical things and then we're going to then we're going to worship. This was rare. Now to practically practically come back to the heart of worship. worship CD. Fasting and praying. It helped me so much when we pray that
Jesus. Nós